Amen. Well, praise God. Welcome back to Walk Church Online. We've had an amazing service already, but I'm excited now to eat from the Word of God together. Look at the person next to you. Tap them. Say, get ready. We're about to eat. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Let's go ahead and jump in the Word. We're in a series that we've titled Headlines, Good News in Times of Uncertainty. We're, we're in those times right now, and I'm grateful that the Lord God Himself has headlines in His book called the Bible that are fresh for us here today. You might watch this sermon later down the road. I'm not sure when quite you'll watch this, but hopefully you're watching it right here today. But if you're watching it later, just know that we were in a season of life in 2020 on May 3rd where we needed some headlines from God's word because we were in the middle of a pandemic of uncertainty, but God still is speaking. Can I get an amen in the comments? Can I get an amen on the chat somewhere? He's speaking. One of my favorite ways to hear God speak is by listening to him in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a book filled with 31 chapters, a chapter a day, packed with wisdom and insight that pertains to our lives and our daily living. And I I really believe it's wise for us to read this book. It's written and authored primarily by a guy named Solomon. Solomon was King David's son. And Solomon in the book of 1 Kings, right in those first few chapters, God visits King Solomon and he speaks to him and he says, I want to give you one prayer request. I want to grant a prayer request for you. And I don't know what you would ask if God gave you that opportunity, but Solomon says, here's what I want. I want to be the wisest person to live in the world. And God says, because you asked with such great humility, I'm going to give you that request. And then God bestows upon Solomon all the wisdom a finite, feeble human can hold, right? Solomon would be the wisest person to ever walk the earth outside of the Lord Jesus himself. But one thing I love about Solomon's story is he didn't keep that wisdom to himself, right? He, he got himself a journal, a notebook, a, one of those big pens with the feather on it. He got some type of way to ink the wisdom that God gave him. And he began to write Proverbs, out of the wisdom and the experience, out of sometimes the tough experience that he experienced in his life, he, he wrote those things down. Proverbs, really, by definition, are just short sentences that have a profound way of insight and advice that has to do with everyday life. And so I thought it would only be right to practice literally what I'm preaching and have us visit the proverb of the day, right? It's May 3rd. Let's go ahead and look at Proverbs chapter 3 together. And I want to go ahead and show you one of my favorite verses of Scripture. It, it, it is a popular verse. It's one of the most searched and read verses in Scripture. Maybe you might know it. It might be memorized by you. It might be on a coffee cup or a t-shirt. But let me go ahead and tell you what. These verses will change your life. Right? If, you, if you download these verses into your heart and begin applying them and walking them out, they're going to have a significant impact on the way you live. They're going to help you win in this thing called life today and in eternity. So turn with me now to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 5 and 6 together. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. If you're ready, say ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. What do we do before we eat? Come on, let's lift it up in prayer right now. Father, bless this word. Speak to us now through it. Holy Spirit, we invite you to change our lives through this message. Speak to us, Lord. Give us this headline in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's what it says. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You can see it on the screen. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
continues, he says, and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Come on, say it with me. Say, all your ways, all my ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If you notice in these verses, two times, right, twice, God says in these scriptures the word all, right? He's talking about how can we be all in, right? I'm going to go ahead and take a line out of Las Vegas, right? We're here in Vegas, and sometimes what you would hear if you were around the gambling world, when somebody's confident, when somebody's ready to make a power move, what they'll do is they'll say, I'm ready to go all in. They'll take all their chips, they'll put it all into the table in the center and say, I'm all in. And I really believe these verses have this headline for us, when the church goes all in. That's the headline today. We're talking about what does it look like for me and you to not be just halfway in, to not be 70% in, to not be 99% in, but we keep 1%. But what does it look like when the church goes all in? I believe that's what we need in this time. And for all the seasons, we need the church to rise up, to be strong, amen, and to go all in. This verse starts out in verse five. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart. As I think about this word trust, here's what I know. I know it's a loaded word. I know it's a big word. Trust is a sensitive word. It's a big deal. It, it, it's a scary word. Trust, right, it requires risk. Trust involves faith. Trust invites the potential of being let down or at some point getting hurt. But some would argue that trust is the most important ingredient to any real relationship. So if you're going to have a real relationship with Jesus, and that's our prayer for you at Walk Church, is that you'd be set free to walk out this real, abiding, vibrant, life-giving relationship with Jesus. If you're going to do it, it's going to involve trust. And that principle is true when it comes to the Lord. He, he, he wants you to trust him. God wants you to trust him with everything. Like, let me go ahead and show it to you, right? We got it, we got it highlighted, but I want to just circle it right now. He wants you to trust him with all your heart, right? This isn't a halfway agreement. He's saying, if you trust me with all your heart, imagine Solomon, this guy with all the wisdom, that money, that, that, that this world, this is better than any degrees. God himself gave him as much wisdom as a person can have. And here's what he says. Here's what, here's what his wisdom got him. Man, I'm going to trust the Lord with all my heart. He says, when I trust God with all my heart, everything changes. That, that would be what it looks like to go all in. Let me, this is the first point. If you're a note taker, here's the first point. To go all in is to trust Jesus with all your heart. Make it plain, right? To, to go all in is to say, Jesus, here's my heart, the whole heart. I'm trusting you with it. That's what it means to entrust somebody with something. Trust, by definition, means a confident expectation of something. When you, when you give the, the, the Lord your heart, you're saying, God, I'm confident that you're going to do what's right with something as precious to me as my heart. The Oxford Pocket Dictionary says, trust is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, or the strength of someone or something. In this case, we're talking about God. I mean, look at this definition with me, right? We're talking about confidence and a firm belief that God is reliable, 
that God is true, that God has the ability, and that God knows what it takes. He has the strength to take care of our heart if we'll trust him with it. We're talking about the Lord here. I want to remind you, because you might be watching this, you might be saying, I'm not quite sure I believe you. What, what makes you so sure that God is trustworthy? I would say God is trustworthy because over out, throughout history, he's proven to be trustworthy. He's proven to be the one that you can trust. Even till this day, God is still alive. He's still working. He's been on display. He woke the sun up. He, he, he rose the moon up. The stars, he, he gave them names. He made them alive. He woke you and I up. Come on, take a deep breath with me right now. <sighs> Woo! That alone shows you that God is trustworthy. David knew that God was trustworthy. He wrote it in the Psalms. Psalm 19, verse 7. It says, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Psalm 93, 5. It says, your decrees, God, your decrees are very trustworthy. Psalm 111, verse 7. The works of his hands, that's me and you, and truth and justice. All his instructions are trustworthy. Here's what that means. Listen to me, listen to me. This is what that means. If God speaks to you something from his word, you can trust him. That God's instructions are trustworthy. That when God is delivering content to us through his word, friend, he wants you to know his instructions are trustworthy. David says it three times, right? He says statutes, decrees, and instructions are all trustworthy. Now, God says here in Proverbs 3, he says, right, believe that to be true and trust me with your heart. Why does God say, trust me with your heart and not your actions? Why does God say, trust me with your heart and not your words? I, I really believe that the Bible would teach that he says heart because everything flows from the heart. The heart is the wellspring of life, right? Says Proverbs 4, tomorrow you're gonna read this, Right? Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, above all else, right? go above everything else. And here's what you'll find. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The heart is so precious that God even tells us to put a defensive guard around what we let into our heart. But he says for him, he says, trust me with your heart. Right? So we need to guard our heart from the world. We need to guard our heart from sin. And we need to trust our heart with God. What would it look like if we were a church that says, God, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to trust you with my heart. I have this right here. It's just a, a little metal heart can. I got this for Valentine's Day from my amazing wife, Nina Ratner. She blessed me, right? But what would it look like for you to open up your heart and to say, God, I'm going to trust you with everything in my heart? What's in your heart right now? I actually pulled three of our leaders aside this week and I said, tell me, what's in your heart right now? Tell me, tell me the top five things in your heart. I wrote some of them down. I added some more. Here's one. Let me just go ahead and pull one out. My family's health. What if you said, God, today, I'm gonna trust you with my mom. I'm gonna trust you with my dad. I'm gonna trust you with my brother. I'm gonna trust you with my sister. I'm gonna trust you with my family's health. This one says, my dreams. God, my future and my dreams, I trust you with those things. God, my church, I trust you with my church. I don't know when we're coming back, 
But when we do, God, I trust you with that timeline. This one says, my past sin. What does it look like for you to trust God with your sin and to say, God, I trust you to be my savior, to be my healer, to be my forgiver, to be my deliverer. This one says coronavirus. God, I wanna trust you with all my heart. These are things that are on our heart right now. God, I trust you with my likes on social media. God, I trust you, right, with my job or my lacking of my job. God, I trust you with my bank account. God, I trust you with my gym and my fitness. God, I trust you when sports are gonna come back. This right here is the question. Are we able to trust God with all of our hearts? There's a difference between saying, God, I'm gonna trust you with half my heart. The other heart I'll keep to myself. There's secret places I'm not letting you in on. But God says, you know, I want all of it. What does it look like for us as a church to go all in? It looks like us getting real and trusting God with all our hearts. I read this quote recently. I want to give it to you again. Corey Ten Boom says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. You can trust this God with all of your heart. Come on, let's keep on reading. There's more on display here in these verses. After he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, he says, do not lean on your own understanding. I like how the CSB translation says it. It says, it says, do not rely on your own understanding, right? What are you relying on today? What are you, what are you leaning on is a good question for you to ask. Man, I think that God is teaching us here, if I can put the point up on the screen, to abandon all self-reliance. The second point in this sermon is is not just to trust God with all your heart, but if you really want to go all in, abandon all self-reliance. What does self-reliance mean? I'm, I'm glad that you asked. It's reliance on one's own power and resources rather than those of others. Right? Self-reliance is just when you say, you know what? I'm good enough. I'm strong enough. I'm wise enough. I have everything I need. Right? The reality is you don't. You're not wise enough. Proverbs would tell you that. You're not strong enough. God would tell you that. You're not smart enough. There's more to come. Leaders are learners, and we need to hear from God. We can't rely on our own self because our self oftentimes is the problem. Proverbs 28 verse 26 teaches us this, right? Proverbs, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. That's all we're trying to do here today is we're trying to give you this headline that says God has real on-time wisdom for me and you. It says if you trust in your own mind and your own way of thinking, right, that, that's actually foolish. That's fool's gold. It's not real. But if you trust in the Lord and you trust him with all your heart, it says there's real wisdom there. Proverbs 3, 5 says, do not lean on your own understanding, right? I'm not leaning on my own strength today. I'm leaning on his, right? I'm not leaning on my own wisdom or intellect. My, my understanding is limited. But when I lean into God and his understanding, I, I lean on the one who has all understanding. Right? That's, that's a good reminder for us. We don't have to figure everything out right now. We don't possess that type of understanding. That's why God says, help yourself out. Don't lean on your own understanding. Right? Don't put all your weight on your own understanding when we have a God 
who has more, right? In fact, our understanding is oftentimes flawed and contaminated by sin, right? The apostle Paul knew this, right? Paul wrote uh, one-third of the New Testament. He wrote the book of Romans, and he's writing to the Roman church. And here's one thing he says, this great, amazing church-planting pastor. Paul says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh, For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Paul says, I really want to do what's right, but there's just nothing good that dwells in me. So that's why we need to lean not on our own understanding. That's why we don't need to trust our own heart, but we need to trust our heart to him who has the understanding and has the better way. Let me give you a principle that I think could be helpful for you, that might help you on this journey called life. When you start looking more self-reliant than God-dependent, you resemble more of Satan than the Savior. Just a reality statement to think through. Because I think we, we have, as people, we tend to be more self-reliant than we need to be. When you start looking more self-reliant than God-dependent, you start resembling more of Satan than the Savior. And Jesus says, no, no, look like me, right? The goal of life is for you to be transformed into his image. How's that going to happen if you're depending and relying on yourself alone? God tells us in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, he's teaching this principle. He He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. He says, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. It says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Here's what I'll tell you. Before I move from this point, friend, listen to me. Lean in. Lean into this. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't do that. Right? Your own understanding has a cap. But God says, my ways are higher. Right? When I figured this out as a young college student, I, I had to realize, you know what? There's so much more to go. There's so much higher to grow. I can't lean on my own understanding. I need him. I need the Lord. And maybe you you would come to that conclusion today. God invites you to trust him with all of your heart. You might say, hey, I've been in seasons of understanding. I just don't understand. I just don't get it. Right? Like, don't lean on my own understanding. But what happens when God asks me to do something that I don't understand? Here's what happens. When God asks you to do something you don't understand, you fit in with everybody else in the Bible. Right? God tells Adam and Eve in the beginning, he says, just, just go, get outside of all that you've ever known in Eden. And God says, I'll meet you there, I'll find you. Right? God tells Abraham, he says, go. Doesn't tell Abraham where. Abraham doesn't understand, he just says, go. He just says, picks up his family, he says, we're going to go. Where are we going to go? We're just going to go. But God's going to lead us because I'm trusting him with my heart. Right? How about in the book of Exodus, God says, look, I want, you to, I want you to lead Moses. Moses, who has a stuttering problem. He says, I want you to lead a million plus people across the sea. Moses says, how am I going to do that? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. God says, will you, will you trust me with all your heart? Because I'm going to direct it. Right? How about Gideon? Right? Gideon has this massive army. 
He's ready to go to battle. He's ready to go to war. He's ready to lead God's people. And God says, nah, too many. And Gideon says, what, too many? And God says, yeah, you don't need that much. So he shrinks the army down, sends some home. And God says, still too many. All the way to the point where he now only has 300 people. He's got 300 soldiers with him. He's going on to take on thousands of people. And God says, look, you don't understand, but I didn't ask you to lean on your own understanding. I asked you to trust me. How about in the book of Joshua? God says, hey, all right, I want you to walk around these walls of Jericho seven times. And then I want you to pull out trumpets. And then I want you to start cheering. And then these walls are going to fall. What, I'm sure that Joshua said, man, you look, 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 everybody. I don't understand. But God didn't call me to understand. God called me to trust. When we trust him with all our heart and we don't lean on our own understanding, beautiful things happen from that recipe. Right, So you might not understand something that God calls you to do, but that's okay. That's God's way. He doesn't always make it so clear. He makes us depend on him. Amen? Does that make sense to you? I hope it's helpful. I'll conclude this part with a quote from the prince of all preachers, Charles Spurgeon. He says it like this. He says, we cannot always trace God's hand, but we can always trust God's heart. We might not be all able to trace it perfectly, but we can trust God's heart. His heart is for us. Don't ever move so far away from that headline that God is for you. Let's keep on reading. There's more to come in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's look at verse 6. We're, we're introducing now verse 6. Let's put it on the screen. It says, In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Here's what this is teaching us. To go all in, if you want to be an all-in Christian, if the church is going to go all in, here's what we need to do. We need to invite Jesus into all situations. Right? We go all in when we invite Jesus into all our situations. That God's calling you to invite him in. God, I want to invite you into all my situations, every single one of them. Right? When I first read this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, like, well, it says... It says, acknowledge him in all your ways, right? And when I first read that, I thought, okay, I trust in the Lord with all my heart, not lean on my understanding, and acknowledge him in all my ways. Really what that's teaching us is that there needs to be a whole lot of PTL moments in our lives, right? We need to go through life doing some PTL, right? Do you guys know what PTL? If you know what PTL is, go ahead and put it in the comments right now. Drop it in, drop it in. <clears throat> PTL, if you don't know it, means praise the Lord to give him the acknowledgement, right? So for example, somebody actually messaged me last week and said, Pastor Hyden, love the message. It helped me be strong. It helped me in my walk. Well, you know what I said? I said, praise the Lord, right? I didn't say, yeah, I've been really working on my speaking ability. No, it's not about me, right? We're called to acknowledge him in all our ways. That was the primary thought that I had about verse six. But while studying this passage, I began to realize Proverbs 3, verse 6, has more to it than just acknowledging God with our lips and giving him the glory. God wants us to go deeper than that. In fact, I began studying the original Hebrew. The original Hebrew of Proverbs 3, verse 6 says, in all your ways, yada him. Yada translates to our Greek word, gnosko, which is the word to get to know somebody. So it's not just acknowledge God in all your ways, but it's acknowledge his presence 
in all your ways. It's get to know him in all your ways. I like how the CSB translates this, the Christian Standard Bible. It's in all your ways, know him. In all your ways, know him and he will make your paths straight. It's what it looks like to go all in. It means whatever it is that you do, whenever you do it, invite Jesus into the situation. Whatever it is that you're passionate about, don't say, Jesus, hey, you go ahead and sit there on that comfy chair. I'm going to go do my thing, and then we'll, we'll revisit later tonight. No, no. Invite Jesus to go with you. When you go to work in the car, that's a way to know him better. When you're at work on your computer, that's a way to know him better. I remember when I first got saved in college, I was playing college basketball, professional basketball. I remember being at the free throw line. God, I want to get to know you better. Lord, I need to get to know you better in this game. I go to the bench. God, this is a moment for me to get to know you better. After the game, God, help me to get to know you better. As a husband, God, I need to get to know you better. As a dad, God, I need to get to know you better. As a son, God, I need to get to know you better. As a brother, God, I need to get to know you better. As a friend, God, I need to get to know you better. As a preacher of God's word, God, I need to get to know you better. As a worshiper, God, I need to get to know you better. Whatever it is that you do, fill in the blank. What is it that you do? That's an opportunity for you to get to know God better. It's not just to acknowledge him in those ways. It's to say, God, I want to get to know you better in these ways. That's what it looks like to be a Proverbs 3, 6 believer. It's saying, whatever I do, wherever I go, I'm inviting Jesus to go with me. Notice, why do you think Jesus, when he called his disciples, he called them to walk with him? And Jesus invited them to all his situations. He said, come with me because I want you to get to know me better. In fact, one of the scariest verses in the Bible is in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, many will get to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord. And Jesus says, but I will declare to them, depart from me, you evildoer. I never knew you. The primary calling on our life is to have a relationship where we know Jesus, where we're getting to know him. He's getting to know us and we're walking it out together. It can't happen without trust. It can't happen without abandoning that self-reliant mentality because we are in need of him. And he says, invite me into every situation, acknowledge me in every situation, and here's what's gonna happen. Right? I'm gonna meet you in every situation, and I'm gonna start directing things for your good and for his glory. Whatever it is that you do, I wanna encourage you to get to know him in that situation. Some of us, right, we, we only know Jesus as bailout Jesus. Y'all know what that is? Right, you, you, you need to know Jesus as on the mountain Jesus, in the valley Jesus, in the storm Jesus, on the boat Jesus. But some of us, we just know bailout Jesus. We get in trouble and we're like, Jesus, bail me out. He bails you out. He's there for you. He lifts you out of the water. He says, I forgive you. I love you. Now sin no more. Let's talk about it. And then we like, what, what, we don't need relationship Jesus. We just need ATM Jesus. We need genie in the bottle Jesus. And Jesus says, you're not all in. Because somebody who's all in says, you need all of Jesus in all of you, in all of your circumstances, in all of your situations, for all of life, which will lead to all of heaven. And we'll get to know our Savior face to face. That's Proverbs 3, 5 and the first half of 6. But when we put all of this together, we jump into the last part of verse six before we close today. 
I want us to catch this last part. It says, in all your ways, know him, and he, my friends, will make your paths straight. Oh, I love that principle right there. That God says, when we're obedient to the first part of Proverbs chapter 3, he says, that's going to tap God in. That's going to give God the baton to start directing and start making your paths straight. Right? He gives us this principle that, that if we can get the first three parts down, he'll get the last part down. Right? If he, he's going to give us the ability to trust him, to, to deny self, self-reliance and, and to give him the glory and to know him. But he says, oh, when you do that, things are just going to start to line up straight. Right? Here's the final point. To go all in is to have God direct all your paths. Do you want him to do that? To me, that sounds like a win. Winning at life is when God is directing your life. Winning at life is when God says, I'm going to move things and shape things and change things and shake things up to get you on the right path. And when he's doing that, trust him. Don't lean on your understanding. Just get to know him in it and let him lead. I like the King James Version or the New King James Version. They're they're very similar in a way. Here's what the New King James says. It says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Let him direct. Who's the director of your life? Who's the one that, that is directing and producing your narrative? If it's you, you need to step aside. If you're in the driver's seat still, you need to get to the passenger seat, right? If you're, if you're flying the plane still, you need to move out of the way and let Jesus take over this thing because he'll do it so much better. He says, I'll direct your paths. I, I, I want and I need God to direct my paths. Here, here's the principle. Because some of you may be watching this right now and you might be thinking right now, how is it that here in May, of 2020, I'm no further along than when I was in 2019. Some of you may have been doing this. You're moving, but you're not going anywhere. You're going in circles. Or you're going the long route. You're going like this to get there. You're going through all these different silly directions up and down and all around when God's saying, if you just trust me with all your heart and stop doing it your way and start acknowledging my way, I'll give you the straight path. I can get you there quicker. We can start making moves in the right direction. You don't want to end up like the Israelites who took 40 years to get to where God promised. Right? Wandering in the wilderness. Are we there yet? Nope. Actually, we're right back where we started. How did this happen? Well, if you look at the story in the book of Exodus and Deuteronomy and Numbers and Leviticus, you'll find that the Israelites kept trusting in their own understanding. Hey, Moses, I think if we do it like this, this might get us there quicker. I think if we build this golden calf, let's worship that, maybe the golden calf might get us there quicker. I think if we eat this, then that might get us there quicker. I think if we trust in some, let's just make up some gods. Let's call Moses a god. Let's just go ahead and turn our way from God. God says, if you just trust me with all your heart, I'll make your paths 
straight. I'll give you the divine direction. That's what we should all crave, friend. We should all want the divine direction. How about if every day you woke up and you prayed, God, give me divine direction. I trust you with all my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I abandon that mentality, right? I'm going to acknowledge you and get to know you in all my ways. Direct my path. Where are we going? Give me the divine direction. Here's what the NLT says. The NLT translation says that if you seek his will in all you do, he will show you which path to take. That God says, hey, look, I'd love to show you which path to take, but you're going to have to seek me to find it. You're going to have to get to know me before you get it. God says, I want, to, I want to get to know you, and you should want to get to know me. That's what it looks like to trust him. That's what it looks like to get to know him in all of our ways. CSB Study Bible says, to know God in all your ways is to invite his presence into all daily activities and decisions. So I want you to just have a moment right now. Just think with me in this sermon before we close it up. Just dream with me for a second. What daily activities, even while on quarantine, do you need to invite them into? Maybe, maybe you're a mom and you've got kids running around and you're, now you're a homeschool mom. In what ways can you invite Jesus into those moments? Maybe you're working as a businessman from home on the computer in, a, in an office that you had to make in a little man cave. Maybe you're like, how do I do this? Invite Jesus into those moments. Don't lean on your own understanding. It might, you might not understand. But what ways can you invite him in to your life? I've found that one way I've done to do this is to try to make time every day to start my day off with a proverb of the day. And I thought, how cool would it be if you, as our church family, what if as a church family, we all gathered together for this upcoming week, Monday through Friday, and we all read the proverb of the day for that specific day, right? We won't go all month. Hopefully you can take it from there. But what if this week we gathered together with some of our leaders and we said, you know what? Let's jump on and let's read the proverb of the day. I want to challenge you to do that with me. Right? We're going to do it together. We're going to call this thing on time, online. On time. Come on, say it with me. On time, online. On time, online. Here's what we're going to do. At 10 a.m., starting tomorrow, we're going to have different leaders in our church gather together online to teach from the proverb of the day. So here's what I'm doing tomorrow. Right? Tomorrow morning, at 10 o'clock a.m., I'm getting on my computer or I'm jumping on my phone and I'm gonna log on to walkchurch.com or you can do Facebook Live or you can go on our YouTube page. We're gonna be live streaming, teaching, and great content from the proverb of the day on time, online. I wanna invite you to do it together with us. This could be a way to invite him in, right? To not lean on your own understanding, to acknowledge him in all your ways and let him start directing your paths. So I hope you receive that. If you receive it and you're going to jump on tomorrow, go ahead and put it in the comments. Say, I'm on. Or maybe just put, I'm all in. Just put, I'm all in. If you're going to jump in to this time with us, put, I'm all in. That's what we want to encourage you to do. Before we close, I want to give you one more quote. It comes from St. Augustine, one of the great scholars in history. He says, trust the past to God's mercy 
the present to God's love and the future to God's providence, that God's going to provide for you, for me, for our city, for our nation, for our world. We might not understand how he's going to do it, but friend, I want to encourage you to trust him that he will do it, that he will do it. Let's pray. Father, I pray in Jesus Christ's name right now. God, I thank you for every person watching this right now. And God, I pray that every person right now would trust you with all their heart. They wouldn't lean on their own understanding. They would lean into you. And that God, a real relationship would be birthed because of it. God, you sent your son Jesus to pay for the sin debt of all of us, to pay the penalty for all of our sin, to die for all of our sin past, present, future. And then he rose from death. He rose from the grave, defeating death and hell, that we could know him and that he would raise us up out of our spiritual sin, debt, and death as well. Father, I pray if there's somebody watching this right now that needs to get saved, that needs to receive you, I pray he or she would do that. If that's you, just join me in this prayer right now. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you. I don't trust myself. I trust you. I don't lean on my own understanding. I lean into you. Thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you for rising from the grave. Thank you that you're coming back again. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. I'm ready to go all in. I turn away from my sin. I go all in with Christ. Today, right now in this moment, direct my paths forevermore. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.